1: Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ann Harding, disguised as Simon Brooks, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Now, please bear with me in this episode. This weekend, I got to hang out with Rachel Ann Harding along with a bunch of other storytellers. And it turns out that Rachel Ann and I both like baking, and we both have very strong weaknesses for bread, especially homemade bread. We could easily eat a loaf in a single sitting, and I'm not talking about a small loaf, no. But this story is not about bread, but about cake. A cake I was making a long time ago, years ago, before I came over here to the States, before I met Rachel Ann or Mo, my dog, Anyone else over here? I had two cats, Kipling and Potter. Now, Kippy walked just like Marilyn Monroe, with his hips swaying from side to side, but Potter was very much into climbing. Not just trees and curtains and walls, but me. Especially when I was cooking. When I cooked eggs in the morning, they both loved eggs potter would climb up my pjs up my back and onto my shoulder to peek into the pan when he was a wee kitten his claws were needle-like and it really hurt but he was quick and i grew much thicker skin and also started to wear jeans when i was up and about well there i was mixing a cake one day with potter on my shoulders looking at one ingredient after another going into the bowl Every once in a while, I would dig my finger into the mix and let him lick it. I would, of course, wash my hands before continuing, otherwise that would be gross. The mixture was for a fruit cake, and as I slid the heavy dough into the cake pan, we heard something behind us, and Potter turned to look behind me. I was living in London at the time, on the edge of the Epping Forest, and I thought a rat had found its way into the apartment, but it was not a rat. You know, I said bear with me. Well, the stories for this episode are about bears. The first teller for this episode is Cindy Rivka Marshall, multicultural and Jewish stories with universal lessons that resonate with a sense of wonder. She teaches storytelling, communication, interviewing, and listening skills, and story based approaches to teaching. Cindy was actually at the same conference Rachel Ann and I were at this weekend. Anyway, I have a very sneaky feeling you'll just love this story. Cindy Riff Marshall.
0: The people of Norway say that a long time ago, bears had long, swishy tails. Until this happened. Oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, I've looked, but the berries are all picked off the bushes. And the lake is frozen solid, so I can't get any fish. (gasps) But what's that? I smell fish. As Bear was standing... Next to the frozen lake, Fox trotted by with a long string of fish in his mouth. Fox? Fox, can I have one of your fish? Where'd you get those fish? Fox stopped and dropped that string of fish and stood protectively over it. You want a fish? Oh, just one fish! Bear could imagine the taste of that fish. Oh, he could just feel the crunch of bones in his teeth and the skin of the fish slithering down his throat. His mouth was watering. Oh, please, one fish, oh, fox. Well, I got these fish myself, but if you want, I could show you how to catch some. "'Oh, really?' "'Now Fox had stolen that string of fish from a fisherman. "'But as he looked at Bear standing there with his long swishy tail, "'it had given him an idea. "'Yes, just meet me here at sunset.' "'So Bear waited. "'Oh, I wonder if Fox is going to come.' "'Oh, I'm so hungry!' At sunset, Fox came trotting back. "'Come on, I'll show you!' And Fox led Bear to a place where the ice was not too thick. And he said, "'Well, if you want some fish, you're going to have to dig." "'Oh, I've tried that. The ice is too thick!' Come on, dig some more. And so Bear took his big bear paws and he dug and dug and dug and he dug and dug and dug and he dug and dug and dug and dug and dug and dug and until he reached the cold water. Now, what you must do is take your long tail and dangle it down into the water below. The fish will grab on, they'll bite your tail, and they'll hold on, so bear dangled his tail down into the cold water, oh, that's right, oh but but, but it's it's cold, well, of course, it's cold. you want to catch fish, don't you? Any time it's painful, you just have to wait because. Oh, by daybreak, you're going to have a whole string of fish. And Fox trotted off. Well, Bear sat there with his long tail dangling into the icy water. Oh, oh, that's cold. Oh, that hurts. But I do want some fish. And so, as Bear grew more and more numb... He fell to sleep at daybreak. The sun woke bear with a start. oh, oh, my fish, oh, I'm ready for breakfast. Bear moved to stand up oh i what, 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 i was oh i I seem to be stuck Bear could not stand up. Bear tried. And twisted. And suddenly something gave way. (sniffs) Oh, what happened to my tail? Bear's tail had torn right off and was frozen, stuck in the ice. Oh, that was not a way to catch fish. That fox tricked me. So he went lumbering back across the lake, and he found a hollow tree, and he curled up inside of there, and putting his head on his paws, he went to sleep. Bear decided to sleep all through the rest of the winter, until it was spring. Then I can catch fish with my paws. So that is why to this day, Bear hibernates all through the winter. And Bear has just a short, stumpy tail.
1: Today's fairy tale sponsor is Jack's Compost. Whew! You smell this coming, can't you? If your garden is struggling to grow your crops, or your soil is poor, or you can't get your beans to grow, then use Jack's Compost. Made from the finest food scraps and earthworm poop, one bag of this compost will bring your garden back to life, and more. Jack's Compost is guaranteed to grow giant beans results vary on crops other than beans. This podcast is also brought to you by me, my new podcast, Conversations with Storytellers. If you're interested in not only the stories, but the storytellers who are the keepers of these tales, then you might want to check out my podcast, collecting conversations with those storytellers who are elders of the community, asking what draws them to the traditional tales, what kind of background each teller comes from and how that influenced their work. Sometimes deep, often funny, always interesting, conversations with storytellers will bring you closer to those who know the stories you hear. I wanted to get the mixture into the oven before tackling a rat, so in it went... But when I turned, I did not see a rat, but a wee gentleman. He had come out of an old mouse hole, which had been plugged up. Outside the hole were a couple of containers. When I looked closely, I saw they were tiny jars which once had eye ointment in them. They were a fraction more than an inch across, maybe three centimetres, and three centimetres, an inch and a quarter high. They were round. One had recently been full and in the bathroom was now empty and next to the hole the wee gent was pulling something else out of the hole with his back to me and i have to say i wish his pants were pulled up a little more or his shirt was tucked in and a lot longer slowly he pulled a spoon from the hole i cleared my throat as i squatted down next to the little man he was no bigger than the palm of my hand raised on its side if i had grabbed him the top of his head might be poking out from my fist Anyway, the man froze, hunching up his shoulders, and peered behind him. I waved my fingers in one hand and kept a very firm hand on Potter, pressing him and his claws into the top of my arm so he couldn't jump down and eat the little fellow or play with him. When the man saw Potter sitting there, he froze. "'Hi!' I grinned. "'Hello!' The wee gent was extremely nervous. "'Don't worry about Potter. I have him.' I nodded at my cat. "'He's not going anywhere. What can I do for you?' ''Well, we've been watching you, and the last time you made a cake you took it elsewhere to eat it.'' That was true. I had taken it with me to a potluck at Tess and Noel's place, old friends of mine. ''Well, we never got so much of a crumb, and you were pretty quick cleaning up.'' ''I am, that's true enough. So me and my friends.'' He gingerly gestured towards the hole, and I heard a shushing, which prompted a hiss from Potter. I reassured my cat, patting Potter on his head with my free hand. ''Me and my friends,'' said the wee gents, with his eyes glued on Potter. ''Well, we wanted to try to scrape the bowl when you left the room.'' ''Why would I leave the room?'' I asked. ''There was going to be a distraction with that other cat you got.'' ''Kipling?'' ''So that one,'' said the man, ''must be Potter.'' ''It is.'' ''Yes, we were going to make a distraction and snag some of the paste that mixed in the bowl, because it smells so good.'' ''You know what? Let me put Potter in the other room with Kippy and close the door. Wait here.'' I took Potter into the living room where Kipling was fast asleep on the armchair, lying on his back, belly looking like it was inflated and ready to explode or float him to the ceiling. I left the two cats there, shutting the door behind me, and returned to the kitchen. There were now three small gents and a wee lady standing there. I went over to the sink where I had left the bowl and scraped some of the cake mix into small jars. I went into my art cupboard and got some more small containers that had once held Indian sauces from the takeout, and filled them too, putting the lids on top. Eat these sooner than later, as it has raw eggs in it. And they might make you sick. And if you do eat it, eat it sparingly. The cake should be ready in about two hours or so. They thanked me and went back through the hole, taking the containers. The cake was actually ready in an hour not sure quite how that happened because every other time i have baked that cake it has always taken close to two hours but anyway i cut them some thin slices and left them on a paper towel near the hole they were gone when i returned later the next weekend i made a little door to cover the hole together me and one of the little people it was the lady who had come out before we worked on a latch that they could close to stop the cats from reaching in with their paws Eventually the cats got used to them, but when we moved to the New Forest on the south coast of England, between Portsmouth and Southampton, we had to leave the wee folk there. They did not want to come with us, despite the fact that the cats pretty much left them alone for the most part of it. The second teller for this episode is Donna Washington. You've heard me talk about her before. A highly animated performer. She's been entertaining educating and inspiring audiences with a vocal pyrotechnics, elastic face, and deep characterizations that bring her stories to life. and She's been doing this for over 30 years. Enjoy this story.
2: There was once a bear who thought himself a real handsome devil. Every morning he'd get up and brush his fur till it shined. And then he would say, Ha! You're a real handsome devil. Well, it happened that there was to be a fair in a town right near where the bear lived, and he decided he was going to go. He got up in the morning and brushed his fur until it squeaked. Then he put on his best trousers, his best jacket, his high top hat, and his shiny black boots, picked up his walking stick, stood in the mirror and said, Huh! you are one handsome devil. He went on down the road towards the town. Before he got about halfway there, he heard a sound. God, where you going? God, where you going? God, where you going? Now, the bear looked up and there was a crow. Not a very attractive crow at that, the bear thought. He had beady little eyes and, and his feathers were sort of covered in dust and his pointy, pointy beak. No, he was not very attractive at all. The bear decided not to listen to him. He said, I'm going to the fair so everyone can see that I am a very handsome devil. And he tried to get away so he wouldn't have to listen to anything else, the crow said. But the crow said, God, like that, gah, you'll be the laughingstock of the whole fair. Gah. The bear stopped. What do you mean? I'm always fashionably dressed. The crow said, well, well gah, then you've missed fashion. Gah. Fashion has changed, Ka, the bear said. Well, come, what do you mean, what fashion has changed? Well, said the crow, people are not wearing trousers anymore. No, ka, no, pants are out, caw. What are they wearing, asked the bear. Plastic bags, Ka, that's what they're wearing, yes, caw. Well, well, well plastic bags, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Well, well, what else? Well, people are not wearing jackets anymore, Ka, no, ka. Well, what are they wearing? paper bags Ka yep paper bags ka paper bags A- and what else mr crow please tell me dear crow what else are they wearing well ka they're not wearing shoes anymore ka certainly not boots ka they're wearing shoe boxes yep that's right shoe boxes ka and, and and people are not wearing hats on their heads no ka no they're wearing frying pans the bear said Thank you. Thank you so much. I would have gone to the fair looking like a fool. He ran straight home. He took off his trousers and threw them into a corner. He took off his jacket and threw it on top of his trousers. He pulled off his boots and he threw his hat into the corner. Then he got out the biggest plastic bag he could find. He cut out some holes for his legs, put on the plastic bag, used a little rope to tie it around his waist, He got out a great big paper bag, cut out some holes for his arms, a hole for his head, and struggled into it. He got out the biggest shoe boxes he could find, put them on his feet, and took some string and tied it across the top so they wouldn't come off. And then he got out the biggest, blackest frying pan he had, shined it up, and stuck it on his head. He looked in the mirror and he said, (laughs) You are one. Handsome devil, and then he went on down the road when he got to the town. All the people were laughing and playing games and riding on rides, and then all the noise stopped, and he realized they were looking at him. He thought it was because he looked so good, so he posed and then he heard it <laughs> <laughs> would you would you look at that ridiculous bear? <laughs> Laughter erupted from everyone's throat. The bear tried to figure out what ridiculous bear they were talking about. He kept looking around and then he realized it was him. No one else had a frying pan on their head. He turned around embarrassed and began running back towards his home. As he went through the forest, those shoe boxes flopping around on his feet, he tripped. That frying pan hit him dead in the head. BONG! When he hit the ground. And then he heard he looked up and there was the crow.
0: Gah, 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 gah.
2: The bear stood up and said, How could you do this to me? You told me people were wearing frying pans and paper bags and plastic bags and shoe boxes. How could you do this to me? And the crow said, gah, I told you many things, gah, but I never once said I was telling the truth. Gah, 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 gah. And he flew off. That story is a fable, my friends, and it has a moral, and the moral is this Don't believe everything you hear and that is the story of handsome bear
1: thank you for listening to the story story podcast show the love find cindy rifka marshall and donna washington on the internet tell them that you heard them here on the podcast and now you want to hear them tell more stories i interviewed donna washington for my podcast interviews with storytellers if you want to know about donna have a listen you can find it on Podbean, Stitcher and iTunes and other places. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram at smbrooks or simonbrooksstoryteller.com. And you can find Ms. Harding at Rachel Ann Harding and Story Story Podcast on the same platforms and Twitter. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor belong to Janelle Reardon. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me and or Rachel Ann know the favourite story you have heard or the favourite stories of your childhood who knows, maybe you'll hear them here soon maybe, maybe we'll record it for you if you become a patron this podcast is made possible by patrons like you if you would like to become a supporter of the podcast or discover sponsorship opportunities you can find links on storystorypodcast.com if it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you would be willing to go write a review on iTunes, iTunes, on iTunes, which helps other story lovers. Perhaps you would be willing to go write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. pictures of Potter standing on my shoulder. And if you tune in, more stories next week, but until then, we've happily ever after.
0: And Mary Kate opened up the door, and lay on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket,
1: was
2: and to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got
0: away. If you go down to the lake a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight, and if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music.